Hello, and welcome to another episode of Arista's Movie Adventure. So welcome back after a brief hiatus. Uh, this episode, I am joined by my friend Terrain, longtime guest. So, Terrain, how are you? I'm doing quite well. How about yourself? Uh, not bad, you know. We recently got to hang out in person for the first time in, I don't know, what felt like years. Yeah, so. yeah. We, uh, uh, we talked about it on the day, but it's like we don't see each other very often because we all, like, you know, moved away and blah, blah, blah. But the fact that this pandemic is happening and we can't see each other makes it feel like we haven't seen each other for much longer than it truly has been. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, exactly. So... You know, I'm doing much better now that I got to hang out with my friends in person. So we we celebrated, we celebrated our birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, and uh, Katrina's birthday, which is tomorrow. That's right? well, depends on when you release this episode, but yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So today is August fifth, Wednesday. Katrina's birthday is tomorrow. You can listen to my episode with Katrina. Uh, we talk about Moonlight and Tangerine, and then we also did a joint episode with you, Terrain, where we talked about. Oh, uh, what was it? This American president, to all the boys I've loved before, and the long shot. So, you know, uh, official happy birthday shout out on this pod to Katrina. Anyway. I'll play this on her birthday. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So she's in the just just for backstory, she's in the room with me, but she's wearing headphones and is watching Grey's Anatomy. So she can't always hear me, but sometimes, like right now, she pauses Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> and now she's laughing because she can see that I know what she fucking did. Mm. Does she does she pretend to keep watching? So she'll pause it, pretend I, to keep watching, and just listen to you. I can't. There are times where I can't tell if she's pretending to watch or just glaring at me. They, <laughs> they both happen. I don't know which is which. Oh well. Uh, I guess you'll have to listen to find out what's happening on this side of the conversation. <laughs> no. We got one one listen right there. <laughs> and sure. anyway. One surefire listen. So this week, or uh, episode, I guess I should say, uh, I wanted to talk about the movie Contagion uh, from 2011. Uh, this episode is a bit of a public service announcement for the current pandemic we're going through right now. Uh, I've seen a lot of people on Facebook and in real life just not taking coronavirus very seriously, like people complaining about masks and people complaining about not being able to get drunk at their favorite bar, like all sorts of stuff. So uh, I've gotten into enough arguments with my family members who are suddenly medical experts uh, over Facebook so many times. So now I just want to use this as an opportunity uh, to complain about that as well as talk about a, a film. So yeah, Contagion. I mean, uh, before you do it, I'm game for that for the sheer fact that one, um, I, I mean, I understand, like, I empathize with the, you know, not being able to see people for like forever. For example, like you and um the other people we saw, that was the first time I saw more than like literally one person in a room in like months, straight up yeah. months. And like we understand it can't happen as often as, as we we wish, and you know, so we try to make sure we're as safe as we can do it, and we can do it, and you know, do that. But but my goodness gracious, the the unbelievable. Uh, just anti-science like pro-selfishness it is it is so astounding and fascinating to see uh, like it's infuriating but it's also like i i guess in a way you can get it because you're like they're going through something that this is like you know a 
kind of traumatic event for the for the like for the world to go through but also like you know let's do what the experts say and you know put masks on and not gather in bars like like let's follow some rules i know rules rules suck i get it rules drool but like you gotta follow them so that less people die yeah exactly so that's literally why i wanted this movie because maybe people can watch it and then uh see (laughs) it's obviously fictionalized but they can form stronger opinions about what they should or shouldn't do uh which is you know wear masks wash your hands stay inside so, uh, this film, this movie, uh, it's a 2011 movie directed by Steven Soderbergh. Uh, it's starring a bunch of people, uh, including Matt Damon, Marion Cotillard, or Cotillard, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Cotillard? Oh, anyway, I'm butchering that. Kate, Kate Winslet, Jen, Gwyneth Paltrow, a bunch of people, a lot of people in it. Anyway, this movie is literally just about a disease breaking out uh, from one person in Hong Kong, uh, across the globe and becoming a global pandemic. And the movie focuses on several people within the World Health Organization, the CDC, uh, the meet news media, and then an everyday average man, uh, and how everybody reacts and how the world kind of is changed by this global pandemic. So it's obviously very relevant, but we'll start with the movie before we kind of move into uh modern contemporary world so contagion uh did you like this movie uh no actually let me rephrase yeah did you like this movie and do you have anything to add about that okay so okay um one i think your i think your description was accurate really it's a it's a portrayal of a bunch of different perspectives on um on the virus and how it's shaped the world and, and that kind of thing um I okay I'll say this about the movie one I thought it was a good movie I didn't think it was like an amazing movie and I didn't think it was like a bad movie right like I I I, for for what I can say the word enjoy I enjoyed the movie but but at the same time I watched the movie in 2020 yeah right when I'm dealing with this so I I didn't enjoy the movie (laughs) because I was like what like early on like you would you would hear like just this these these arguments about certain things like oh well the kids are gonna have to stay home who's gonna take care of the kids and i'm just like oh no yeah (laughs) oh it's happening happening in front of me it happened 11 sorry nine years ago and i just didn't notice (laughs) yep so yeah I, i mean it's inexplicably you can't think of the quality of this movie and watch this movie without obviously thinking about Oh, what's happening now? Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I, I'll get this out of the way. I think a lot of the camera work. I thought the music was really good. I don't know if you you paid attention to the music, but it's added I such did, a stressful the tone music to me. Like I was like listening to it, and I'm like, am I watching like a cyberpunk movie? Like it just had like these weird like. And then I'm like, I guess it's like I'm watching like I don't know, sort of like a medical, like a like a dark medical documentary kind of thing, and then. Um, you didn't you didn't say this uh, at the top, but because you're going to bring it up later, we watched a little bit. I watched a little bit of the um, uh, coronavirus explained on um, yeah. Netflix and the music they used. I'm like, oh, my God, it's just the music from Contagion. Yeah, it's, yep. I was like, "Ooh, that is eerily similar to the music from Contagion. Yep. Yeah. It, it, it's like synth music, you know, industrial synth. Uh, yeah. 
sort of drive an uneasy tone. Um, so I agree, <laughs> but uh, I thought it worked really well. Um, oh, yes, absolutely. I was, I was, I mean, there are times where the music took me out of it. I'll tell you, we'll, we'll get into it, but there was something that took me out of the movie numerous times. <laughs> and, yeah, there was, uh, there, so I do have critiques of this film a bunch, uh, but let's, let's move to the actual nitty gritty of the plot, which is, uh, it starts off with Gwyneth Paltrow uh, in a, it starts off on day two of an infection so she's already sick she's in an, an airport talking to uh uh i don't know what to describe him um the man she's sleeping with who is not her husband oh oh uh, yeah 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 so uh, and then she goes home flies home to minneapolis from chicago to her husband matt damon uh and then she has a seizure and dies and then so does her son right. and then matt damon who um, I wanted to ask you while we're on this part, what did you think of Matt Damon just receiving the news that his wife just died? Because that's one part that took me out of it. That was, that was it was so, so I took it. I, I kind of like got where they were going with it, where like he said, he's like, no, she was, I just talked to her. Like I just like, to me, it's one of those where it, it's what they're, they're trying to portray how unfathomable it is him to have lost his his yes. wife like almost you know like maybe a day like he, he just he just talked to her um she was sick but it wasn't like anything that was on on his mind like you could see like him talking about how you know um one of the job op, uh one of the job interviews got moved and hopefully it's a hopefully it's a good thing i don't know if it's gonna be a bad thing or good thing um blah 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 like while she is like dying in the kitchen like mm-hmm. Like it is, it is just so unfathomable to him that this could possibly be happening. Like, I don't know, maybe an entire nation finds it unfathomable that we can't go outside or lick each other's face or whatever. Okay. Like I, but, but, but specifically with the, with, with um, the, them delivering the news, that was just him, like not being able to process like, right. Oh, I get it. She's right. But when are we going home? Like, when can I take her home? Oh, yeah. Abs- absolutely. A hundred percent. That's what they're going for. Uh, I-, I got all of that. Just the way he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> what? Where's my wife? <laughs> like, oh, okay, I- are, we, are we saying that Matt Damon wasn't acting very well in that scene? Because agreed. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. I-, I guess that's where I'm going with it. He seemed very like cavalier about the whole thing. When his, his wife falls over and starts having a seizure he's like are you okay like, he's... <laughs> like she's yeah he's yeah that wasn't very either either a he's not a very attentive husband which i get why she's cheating on him then or b his acting was not what it should have been yeah i mean yes so uh, wait, wait I, I think I might have set myself up for something. Let me just put it out there. I don't think it's okay to cheat for any reason, even if your husband's not paying attention to you. I, I just don't want that to be like linked with me. <laughs> going oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I get, I get the uh, predicator there. So <laughs> I was, I was just saying, if that's why she did it, it makes sense. I can see it based on the way he was behaving. Correct. Even later on, when his daughter comes to see him while he's quarantining, she's like, "Where's Gwyneth? I can't remember her name. It's her stepmom. Where's stepmom <laughs> and stepbrother? Hey, hey where's, and... where's Gwyneth Paltrow at? <laughs> yeah, her name's Beth. Beth. Okay, she's like, "Where's Beth and little boy?" 
Uh, I should look this up real quick. Hold on while my producer pulls this up. Um, Beth and Little Boy. <laughs> I, I okay. It was like Clark, wasn't it? I don't remember now because you said Little Boy in my head. It is Clark. It is Clark. So it's it's Beth and Clark. Beth is one Paltrow. Clark is her son. Matt Damon has a daughter. They do not have any children together. So right. Uh, so Beth dies. Clark dies. Matt Damon is in quarantine, and his daughter comes up to him like behind a screen. And she's like, where, where are they? And he's like, they're not here. <laughs> like, but you're here, and I'm happy about that. I want you to yeah, pretty, yeah, exactly. He's like, they're not here, but you are. Like, <laughs> like, Whoa, be less callous. People she knows very well just died. Yeah. Okay. So to expand the plot uh, a little bit so from there, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was the patient zero. Like She's the, the person who was initially infected in Hong Kong and then brought it to the United States. And and through a series of, what, like a month... Technically, was she person zero? Technically, someone got Ooh. it, and the, the chef... The chef oh, yeah. The chef was technically uh, person zero, and then shook her hand and gave it to her. That's actually... Yeah, good point. I, so. I look, I'm not... Again, I don't want people to think I'm, like, sticking up for Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm not. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> but I don't think she was the first. She so it shows a montage of several other people in, in Hong Kong, in Britain uh, or London, I guess, in Japan, all getting sick, having seizures and falling over. And then it cuts to people in the CDC having like serious, intense conversations about it, uh, about like, oh, we have some people dying of this, this disease, this like that we don't know what it is yet. And the World Health Organization. And then I, I liked how it kept it didn't tell you specifically how many people were sick or how many died. It was just quick, like, um, yeah, no, you have like 15 people sick and, and so on. So yeah. they kept, they kept doing that in like the early days, right? They kept going, yeah. like, you know, they're like, there are 15 sick and two dead. There are um, 34 sick and whatever. Like they, they did that as like throwaway to kind of just show you it's, it's slowly. And then all of a sudden, boom, it is, it is a pandemic. And, and someone called it a pandemic, by the way, the, whoever um the casting of this was perfect because whoever they cast as the bureaucrats um <laughs> i hate those people yeah so, so i hated them so much so when they were like oh who like for example they had to make that uh they had to do that um like uh that facility within that like gym or 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 uh stadium or whatever and they're like well who's gonna pay for this it's like i yep. fucking hate you so much i yep. hate you <laughs> or they're the ones who were like you know brought up when they were was brought up like you know we got to keep kids home from school I'm like well who's gonna stay home with the kids like they, they oh my god i hate you so much you're not even thinking about the lives about it you're thinking about the the economy and money and it made me <laughs> so yep <laughs> correct uh so the, the movie uh, shifts towards the like pe- government uh, officials just trying to find a vaccine, and like the, the first it starts with them trying to um, grow the the virus in a culture, a cell culture. Yeah. Uh, so that way they can start testing on it, and then, like that's a a bit apart. And then it turns to them trying to locate uh, specific parts parts of the virus so they can make antibodies and a vaccine of it. And so that's like sort of the drama of it. Uh, the side characters include Alan Crumweed or Crumweedy. He is played by Jude Law, an Ooh. Australian media personality. Ooh, I hate. Ooh, it was like 
it was like make Alex Jones but attractive. And I was like, nope, still hate him. It works. I still hate him. Like, I think I think Jude Law is a, an incredibly good-looking human being. And I was like, I will, I want to break your legs with a baseball bat, you bastard. So I 100%, just so we're all clear, just because you're hot doesn't mean you could be a dick online. There yep. Exactly. Uh, other characters. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's I mean, the point of the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, other characters include Kate Winslet, uh, who is just a, um, a CDC uh, intelligence service officer. So she's flying. She flies to Minnesota to, to try to uh, track down Gwyneth Paltrow's like who she's talked to, who she's touched and sort of um, contact trace her. Yeah, early on, and then Brian Cranston is in this for uh, pops up in this as a, uh, a United States general. Um, so, and it's you know like <laughs> just like just like we see the military immediately when you know he's on screen, he's like someone probably weaponized this, and we're like, God damn it! Like, yes. no, <laughs> like why don't go there? It's not There's... always that. Stop going there immediately. That that was another thing I had written down is like. It's too fucking real because even that Axios interview recently with Trump, he heavily implied that like China gave us this virus because our economy is so strong or some bullshit. Like you can uh, just, uh, it's so it's so, and, and with, with, with Cranston's character, it was just because, you know, he's military. So everything that happens is from a military scope. So military that like the the uh the enemy did this the enemy biologically made this biological weapon to harm us right um with 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 certain people in our government it is literally just in a selfish way of i need to put this blame on someone else i'm currently running for president oops did i just say who did it yeah but still yeah. <laughs> like like that's 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 the differences between those like 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 cranston's character is literally i'm in the military that's the only scope of which I see this virus as a military incursion on the United States. And like, that's, that's the only way he was able to process it. Yeah. I mean, okay. So it makes more sense for Brian Cranston, but I put that as a later on, I have a list of what did this movie get right? What did this movie get wrong? And I have it under I get right. Wait. I so. can't wait for that list. I'm so excited for that. list. Yep. Yeah. I will say the next thing that took me out of this movie is one of the lab techs in the CDC. Do you want to say who he's played by? Uh, He's played by comedian Dimitri Martin. I will say this. Every time I got too deep into this movie where I was like, oh, wow, things are terrible. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe. Oh, look, Dimitri Martin's there. Every time. Every time. Every time he showed up on screen, I was instantly put at ease because I realized, oh, never mind. I'm watching a movie. I can calm down. Maybe that's why they made him be in this movie because it was just like a what that's dimitri martin like i've right. watched his stand-up it's so yeah it's why it's 100 just like it's just it's like putting just a random character sorry a random actor that like everybody knows for a completely not this thing and just having them be there just to ground you in the uh understanding that 
this isn't reality. <laughs> like, this isn't real. It's still a movie. You're watching a movie. You're supposed to enjoy yourself at this movie. Did it work? No. But it that's like that makes sense as to why they would do that. But every time he showed up on screen, I'm just like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Dimitri Martin's in this. This is a movie. This isn't the hellscape that we're hurtling towards at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So, uh, I don't really know where else to go with the plot. It's basically like Matt Damon and his daughter live in a quarantine in Minneapolis now. Uh, and they deal with that. And then also, oh, I guess the character we didn't talk about was Dr. Cheever, played by Lawrence Fishburne. Yes. Yes. his So his character I, I very much liked because it was just like a, you know, it's like I'm doing what's best for I'm trying to do what's best for everyone while also doing what's best for me and the people I love. And then he gets caught by that um custodial worker and, you know, feels like, you know, terrible because he's just like, well, shit, I am really selling out everybody so that I can protect certain people. Like, we're not supposed to tell people about what's going on specifically. I and like, like I, I, I that was that was important to me, like just to kind of see the um they built that little tiny dynamic with them early by have, making them have one scene with each other so that we understood that they knew each other and one like respected the other and blah, 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 blah. And then they had uh, Lawrence Fishburne in that phone call where he's just like, you know, like do this, do that, do this. I'm not supposed to tell you, don't tell anybody. And then the custodial worker heard it and was like, I got people I care about too. And then left and we're just like, wow, that's rough. I have a, a conflicting sort of opinion on that so Lawrence spoiled for the end of the movie I I guess at this point they do develop a vaccine and the way they decide to implement the vaccine in across the country is they do a literal fucking bingo hall style lottery where they pull out a ball with a person's birthday on it and it's like you will get the vaccine this day you will get like and so Lawrence Fishburne is given him and his uh, fiance, I guess the wife at that point, is given the vaccine before everybody because he's a government employee, blah, blah, blah. And so, uh, and then once you know everybody that, once you take the vaccine, you put on a wristband. Yeah. And that's, you're able to like go into shops and stuff. Oh, you can get them. in the club. You gotta wear that wristband so you can get back yeah. in the club. Yeah, exactly. So people know that you've been vaccinated. Well, Lawrence Fishburne here gives his vaccine to that janitor's kid uh, because the kid would have had to wait uh, way much, way longer, uh, because their birthday was not uh, in a close time. And then Lawrence Fishburne himself, Doctor Cheever, puts on the wristband himself anyway. That part I didn't get, because that to me seems like is dangerous. If he didn't actually get the vaccine, he's just wandering around wherever he wants with a bracelet that says "I'm safe," while he's not actually safe around anybody. Exactly. So that's kind of why uh, uh, everything you said was exactly correct about him being the character that's sort of grounded in uh, like humanity. Like the, he wanted the his character was definitely like the human to portray the human side uh, and what America should do. Almost, almost Dr. Fauci, like if you will. Uh, And and then he did that shit at the end where I'm like, I get what he's doing. He's being nice, but also he's putting others in danger. I I would imagine that based on, based on his character growth in the film, I would imagine that he's going to wear the bracelet, but not go anywhere. Oh yeah. That's, and and I know it's like, that's a hard interpretation to make based on zero evidence of that. Yeah. Like, 
there was no evidence that he was like, you know what? I'm going to wear the bracelet, but I'm never going to go out. And I'm going to make sure that I keep everybody safe. But he just is like, I can't give your kid the bracelet. And then puts on the bracelet. And I'm like, I don't, I mean, I, I would, I just have to hope that you're not an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because for, for him, it's also, it's also a risk, right? Like other people are vaccinated for him. If he goes out and like bumps into someone who's not, and he could get sick. So I, I'm, I'm like, I was really just trying to like somersault my way into under, like into rationalizing that. Yeah, exactly. So it's, I was with him all the way up until that part, but I, I understand um, yeah. why they did it. Can so, we talk about the kidnapping? Which kid? Oh yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to go into that. And this is, this is the part of the movie that, took me out as well and i didn't like it that much which was marion cotillard she um she's a world health organization epidemiologist and she travels to to hong kong i think to or mainland china i I can't remember uh to sort of try to find the origin point of the virus and she's working with this man uh in the chinese government and then he says that his mother's sick and his whole village is sick so they kidnap her to hold her hostage for like months. It was just. Yeah, it was literally for months. And I was like this it, it, to me, the kidnapping element of it, like, I think it's realistic. And I'm like, yeah, that 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 tracks. But all of it felt like super like they were trying to show like those they're doing it for a reason they're doing it so they can get a vaccine for the village so that those villagers can survive so i'm like <laughs> i'm like watching it and i'm like this is the most passive kidnapping i've ever <laughs> yeah like when he tried to like when he when he handcuffed her when he put her hand his handcuff on her wrist and then tried to link it up with the with the gate in the van he had like a lot of trouble doing it. Like it took a lot longer than it should have. And I'm just watching, like, I feel like, I feel like he's bad at this. And you can tell, like, I don't know. I feel like any, at any point you'd be like, I'm just going to go. Like, you can't stop me. So to me, it was like, they were trying to show, like, I I think to me by that, they were trying to show, like, he doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to kidnap her and force her to blah, 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 blah. But also he has to, uh, they have to because they need to do that for the survival of their village. And then they showed her with Stockholm syndrome where they where she gets the, you know, the vaccine. And then when they're gone, they're like, that that was a placebo. Here's your actual vaccine. And then she fucking left to go back to the village. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing is, too, I know why they added it too. it was a part. It was to show like a sort of realistic depiction of what some black market or uh, criminal enterprises would do in this situation where there's a vaccine, because the question is posed earlier when, when they do release the vaccine, the question is posed, who gets it first? So you can, you can understand like, yeah, I bet some Mexican cartels will be kidnapping uh, Mexican government officials, or, you know, I, I would imagine some other criminal organizations will be doing similar things. I think um, I think criminal organizations in this country would kidnap public figures. Yeah, I, exactly. I think, I think it's not. It's definitely not out of line to think that, like, when when things become this dire, like, let's be clear. At some point, they're less with they're less than a year in, and like, what was it like? Did they say? I thought it was like twenty five million people died. 
something like that. Like yeah. they're less than a year. Like we're, I know that we're, we're pretty high and things aren't great, but like, like they're less than a year and things have gone absolutely insane. There are cars with no, no wheels just sitting on the sidewalk. There are bags of trash everywhere. By yeah. the way, I have one specific problem with all of this, which is, I don't think if it's, if things are this bad, I don't think electricity would still be working. I, I thought the same thing. I'm honestly. like, no one's gonna be working at no one's gonna be working at a fucking electrical power plant to keep to keep electricity on for people to watch the news or watch TV. Like that's not happening. Yeah. I so just back to this this kidnapping part with Sorry, um, <laughs> Sorry back to the kidnapping. No, uh Leonora Orantes, that's her character's name. The, the, my only complaint was like it just seems sort of weird uh in a serious drama about finding vaccines and a cure they just go and now we're kidnapping like it's such a all right uh, if this was like a mini series or something large like an expanded out other than just a you know hour and a half two hour movie i think that would that would have been perfectly yeah great but yeah felt kind of rushed it felt to me and I, I i think they wanted to it's one of the you know one of the possibilities that they wanted to portray which i get like i, I get that i'm with them but it, at some level it felt like i don't know if you've watched 24 no. um, okay so you've never watched 24 so in i want to i want to say season two of 24 um jack bauer's daughter played by eliza cuthbert from uh happy endings uh she's just like i think she all she gets kidnapped and then she gets away and then she's like roaming the woods and a fucking mountain lion shows up <laughs> and you're just like why is this happening <laughs> like yeah. like what is going on there that was where i was sort of with the kidnapping where i'm like i get it i get what you're trying to do but like i also don't get it <laughs> yeah exactly uh so Let's. We already touched on it, but let's talk about Jude Law more, uh, specifically his his plot point. Let's talk about this prick. So he is a typical anti-government conspiracy theorist on online. I can't remember the name of his blog website, but it was Truth Serum Now. Yep, it was called Truth Serum now yep he's like i have 15 million or 12 million whatever a large number of people million unique visitors that's right Can I just say i wholeheartedly hated this person and their reach because i wish i had that reach <laughs> hey my my 10 listeners <laughs> i have i have tens of listeners and they my, will my dog i will promote the hell out of this episode so we can get you here's what i've learned um, I've been on a lot of a, a decent amount of episodes with you. Um, and I've done a decent amount of episodes of my own podcast. Uh, it's called Alcoholics. You can find it down there. But but uh, one thing that I've learned is people are less inclined to listen to episodes that are two and a half hours long. And they really love like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, well, we got 30 more minutes then. Oh, shit. Let's get on this. This guy's yeah. a prick. Tell them why, Arista. Well, so he... Uh, first, I want to say that I thought Jude Law played him fucking perfectly. I hated him, but yeah. no, I hated him for reasons that he was acted the hell like is really good. Yeah, uh, he, he like go ahead. Vain, pompous, and I wanted to like hit him real hard. Like I hated this guy. Yeah, exactly. He so he's like the Alex Jones scum of the media that's just looking for fringe 
folks to follow him. And what he does is he promotes this homeopathic cure from the forsythia plant that allegedly cures uh, this the MEV1 virus. Mm-hmm. And he posts a blog, a video on it where he shows, like, I just, here's my temperature, it's 100. I've been taking forsythia. So if I see you tomorrow, you know it works. And it's revealed that he faked it. He never had the virus. Yeah. He's just like, I've been taking hydrochloroquine and it's working for me. And I think everybody else should take hydrochloroquine as well. Sorry, what did you say it was called? Forsythia. That's yeah. my term. It's called yep. forsythia and not hydrochloroquine. This isn't parallel exactly to what's going on right now. Mm, yes. <laughs> and then he, what, he makes a shit ton of money off of selling this forsythia product. Uh, and eventually the government what charges him with, uh, I forget what he gets charged with. Manslaughter, securities fraud. Yep. Um, I think there was another charge in there as well. And a conspiracy. He's, yeah, conspiracy. He's a piece of shit, and he was lying and telling people to do this thing so that they would survive, and it turned out that thing that he keeps telling them to do is a lie, and it's actually pretty bad for him to lie about it because he has a cr- incredibly large reach. Um, so a lot of people were taking his advice erroneously. Um, so, and again, I mean, I know we're going to try to parallel this to the real life, but <laughs> I don't know if we're going to find any parallels for that. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's not even the hydrochloroquine. There's, <laughs> I've seen, I, and this was a note I had later on, spoiler for my, what did this movie get right about the pandemic portion? But, you know, people try to sell like silver tablets, oranges, yeah. fucking all sorts of bullshit. You can look up videos on YouTube and Twitter of people like, I inhaled steam when I boiled onions and yeah. now I'm fine. You're like, fucking, like literally, the, uh, Stella Emanuel, the doctor who also thinks that you can get um, venereal disease from sperm from demons. Well, I mean, that's true. Like she was like hydrochloroquine was great. The 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 crazy the the unbelievably not uh qualified doctor from the pandemic video was like one if you wear a mask it'll uh in it'll uh activate the coronavirus in you and two you should just go to the beach because it has um healing properties in the sand and the ocean like that's what the fuck we're dealing with right now. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's um, spooky, <laughs> I guess, yeah. is, is a word to call it. And I want to know Steven Soderbergh, uh, fucking how? Did he, he, he didn't write this. It was written by a man named Scott Burns. And I'm just thinking like, Jesus, like, <laughs> it, it got so much right. Uh, so it's, and it's I'm, I'm guessing it's because they looked at previous trends i'm sure oh, yeah. this isn't the first time firstly you know there that's why you get the that's why you hear the phrase snake oil salesman because yeah. there are people that have sold nonsense bullshit for years that has had no scientific basis in reality and has not helped a single person and in fact has hurt people like that is that is a trend that we as a human species continue to follow and it's like hey let's Let's stop doing that, please. <laughs> like, let's stop doing that. Oh, yeah, he great. did say. So Scott Burns, who wrote it, said he was inspired by the SARS outbreak and uh, the flu, the H one N one or swine flu pandemic that happened uh, earlier, uh, two thousand nine. So, 
I mean, I, I get. Go ahead. Can I give one of the lines that I thought was um, incredibly important for for today's time? Right. Yeah. I. Uh, one of the one of the um and, and it it sort it more so to me kind of um uh magnifies how this movie is different from reality so in this movie you know we're less than a year in like just uh, it's like a 25 to 30 percent mortality rate right like yeah everybody's getting fucked up by this it is it is real bad um in <clears throat> excuse me for the coronavirus however um it's still incredibly it's still incredibly deadly it's still incredibly spreadable but it doesn't have that you know huge of a death rate like this fake movie does is the death rate still alarming fuck yes it is but um one of the lines from the movie uh and i can't remember verbatim what it was but it was something along the lines of like um oh you know what no i think that was from ha you know what I got that mixed up with the with the Netflix uh, with the Netflix coronavirus explain thing because it said like you know it, it's easier to spread like when it's when it's when it's less deadly it's easier to spread so it infects more people. Oh yeah, so that was uh, that was one of my things to talk about later. So yeah, yeah. that was my bad. I I, I no. them. I watched them both very like in a very short amount of time. Yeah, and I've also because of what ha- because of what I was watching. Um, I had some drinks because holy <laughs> fuck, like holy fuck, this is bananas. So, yeah. So in I, my what did they, what did they get wrong about a pandemic? I put down that I think the type of virus was wrong because as you were alluding to, you know, viruses survive better if their host lives. Right. So in this movie, people they die within days. Like it's yeah. highly infection, they die, and it's like that's it. And you're, you're either immune to it or you die. Like there's no sort of getting sick and then getting better. I think they said like one in four get better. Like it's, it was, uh, so yeah. So yeah, that was one of the things I put that they didn't get right. Uh, so, you know. Yeah, I just, I, I think, that, I think that that thing's like super important. So like, because I know a lot of people like to throw around like, you know, like, well, people aren't dying as much as they, or like, that's not, <laughs> that's not good. One of the things that people don't, and, and, and I will, after I say this fact, I will stop be- and let you guide the conversation again, because I have now taken this on, on a <laughs> tangent. <laughs> but one of the things that really like unbelievable that continues to happen is people will say like, well, if people don't die, then it's not that. Bad. But, you know, when people have this, some people recover with like um, irreparable harm to their body. They have yeah. some sort of like they they have some sort of issue with with lung functionality and that kind of, like there are a lot like a lot of different things that could happen that could be lasting effects from this. And just because someone doesn't pass away doesn't mean that they're not irreparably harmed from it. And yeah, it's something that just goes so under the radar for for people who want to write this off as you know just a a nonsensical thing that the governor is using to trap us in our homes because he's hitler yep uh so (laughs) all right so i want to run down uh, a quick quick things about the movie that i liked noticed um one uh i mentioned it before but the camera work and the way scenes are shot yeah i don't know if you noticed this but well it sometimes did it very effectively and on purpose and subtly it'll show uh, things that are being touched. So like after someone leaves a room, the camera will linger on like a door handle that someone yep. just touched. Uh-huh. Or it'll be like, you can, the, the center of the shot will be a man on the bus, the handle that he's holding. 
and then he like walks down the bus and he catches uh, other part parts of like the handles. Mm-hmm. So it's just that's movie, they lingered on a shot of peanuts. I was it on an airplane they no. lingered, or yep. was it in the bar rather? It was, it was the bar at the airport in Chicago yeah. when when yeah. it was Jeff Gwyneth. <laughs> Yep, yep, they lingered on that shot of the peanuts. Yeah, they 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 did that because it's just those small innocuous like those just those small moments that really are huge when it comes to a pandemic. Yep. So, uh one thing and I don't want to dwell on this, but uh Dr. Fishburne, Dr. Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne's <laughs> character, Dr. Cheever, he's a Lions fan and so am I. So, yeah, that's <laughs> I can see why you don't want to dwell on it. Let's just <laughs> um let's see oh oh that was another when they're cutting open gwyneth paltrow's skull to kind of analyze it Uh some of the blood spurted up and hit the uh doctor in the face mask yeah yeah i wasn't a fan of that (laughs) i like that they didn't sort of go on with that they didn't like say and the doctor died it just that's just one of the one of the things the key in on like oh shit um and they can i say go ahead go yeah no you go you go you go I was going to change it to someone else. If you want to dwell on the doctor, go for it. I wasn't going to dwell on the doctor. I was going to talk about how great it is that all of those, um, all of those people went on strike in it. Like literally, like, like all the nurses were like, I'm not going to work until there are safe conditions. <laughs> like yes. there yep. were a lot of, there are a lot of those moments in the film that I'm like, hell yeah. Like stop, like don't let us be dumb and put you at risk. Like fucking make sure you're taken care of. Yeah. And it wasn't just nurses. It was like, there's a line that like 40% of police officers, yep. I mean, good, but 40% of police officers aren't, aren't working. Uh, it was like, there like store clerks weren't working obviously. Cause it shows scenes where uh, stores are being looted because no one's working there. They did, uh, they did the um, thing where, you know, like they were Matt Damon saw like gunshots at his, at, like his across the street neighbor's house. And he called the police and they're like, if you're calling for this, press one. If you're calling for this, press two. Like, yep. I guess that, but then they had two police cars chasing down this pickup truck later, like literally later in the film. And I'm like, yep. I don't know if they won. I don't know if they, I, obviously we don't know what the pickup truck did, but like, you wouldn't use those resources if you didn't have that many resources. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, stop. Don't steal that toilet paper. <laughs> oh, when they, when they were purchasing all that stuff, I was shocked to see that no one bought toilet paper. I was <laughs> shocked. I was absolutely shell shocked. I could not believe that no one had an, uh, an ounce of toilet paper. File that under the get wrong about the pandemic. However, real quick, and this is just a real small thing that I noticed. They used like when the person was shopping, they showed us the person shopping. And they showed us that they had like a hand, you know, like the hand, the hand carriage, the little the little basket, right? They had the basket. They mm-hmm. had like two things of water. They had a bunch of canned food. They had a bunch of batteries. That thing would be fucking heavy as shit. <laughs> I was like watching. I'm like, do they li-? like they lift? That person lifts. Drew <laughs> is holding that up. Like, there's no one else. It's either Drew or it's Arnold Schwarzenegger that's mm. going shopping that day. The, the swole shall inherit the earth. <laughs> the swole shall. Oh, that's great. I love that. I'm getting uh, food on me. <laughs> Uh, there was a line delivered by Dr. Cheever when he's addressing the media or, or holding a press conference earlier. They sort of question him about like, oh, is this realistic to go into a lockdown? And he says something, I'm paraphrasing, but he says something like, I'd rather the news story 
be that we did too much and nothing happened than that we did too little. And I just felt hurt in my soul. (laughs) I I remember that line exact. I I was 100% like, yeah, me too, Lawrence Fishburne. I too would rather the news story be that the, that the uh, politicians, that the medical professionals took this too seriously and not, not seriously enough. Um, because not seriously enough means a lot of people died. I think Dr. Fauci like said something very similar back in like March or early on, you know. So, oh boy. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I would love to hear Fauci's take. If you could have got, I, look, I'm glad I'm the guest. If you could have got Fauci on the pod, you should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have. You know, I'm gonna reach out to his people and see if we can do Contagion Two. Fauci time. <laughs> I I like the I like all of the references to touching your face. Here's ooh, I didn't uh, so until like this year and I, I I just I literally until this year I never heard the term social distancing. Apparently yeah. they used that back in fucking this, and I was like, whoa! Like they use the term social distancing. I was blown away. Yep. <laughs> like, well, damn. Yeah, he's like, we need to social distance. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, no, no, no. They don't know. We just made that up this year. Have they considered not, though? Because <laughs> it's working well for us. Uh, my favorite line in the whole movie is when Matt Damon is trying to leave for to go to Wisconsin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yep, go ahead. Okay, so uh, when he's trying to leave to go to Wisconsin, and the army guy's like, turn around. And he says, get back in your car or I will detain you. And Matt Damon delivers the perfect line, where? <laughs> and the guy's like, I, I guess I don't know. Get <laughs> like, back in your fucking car. It was so funny. It was yep. really, really funny. I I love that. That's the brazenness of like when you're when you're Matt Damon, you're like, I can walk up to the military and demand <laughs> that I get to go to whatever state I want. I was like, I'm like, motherfucker, get back. They are the military. And here's the thing. I'm like, if this was the military in like any other pandemic movie, they would have shot him 47 times. <laughs> like he would be he would be Swiss cheese. He'd be gone. But because it was this movie that was a little, I guess. I don't know if that's, I, I, I'm guessing maybe the other ones are less realistic. I don't know. But he was just like, I'm immune. Like, can I just go to Wisconsin? And they're like, get in your fucking car, you annoying asshole. Yeah. Um, at one point, I think it's Dr. Cheever's on the phone and someone from, with someone from the U.S. government, uh, or he's talking about a conversation he had. And someone from the U.S. government says, says, can we just put the vaccine in the water supply like fluoride? <laughs> and I'm like, I wish I wish I could joke that this is unrealistic, but yeah. it's not. We had people like, fucking try to blow the virus away with their breath. So, you know what? That pastor did it. I don't know what you're freaking out about. There is no there is no more virus because he cast it out with the breath of Christ. I don't remember exactly how that went. So, like a nut, though. I just, I, I watched this stuff and I, I feel like at the time when they made this movie, it was intended to sh- to be like, haha, it's ridiculous. But now I'm like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> like To me, I thought they were like, this is a cautionary tale. And, <laughs> yes. And then we were like, Haha, go fuck yourself. None of us are seeing this movie. <laughs> and, then, and then we all behaved like just giant crazy children. Yep. 
Exactly. Why are we so? Oh my god! Sorry. Go ahead. You keep going. You have a you have a plot for this podcast, and I'm (laughs) if 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 it were me, I'd just be screaming for another half an hour. (laughs) Just yeah, no man. I I only have one more thing to talk specifically about the movie, and then we can broaden out. But uh, in the end, the very the very last like two minutes of the film. It, so, so sorry to back up. It, the movie opens up with Gwyneth Paltrow uh, in an airport, and it says day two. So it's implied that that's day, you know, that's day two of the infection. The very end, the last two minutes, like kind of eerily shows day one where she gets infected and how it happens. And so what it shows is a um, uh, a tr- what's that called? A construction, just a construction vehicle driving through the forest in China, and it knocks over a, a tree full of bats. A bat flies onto, like, I guess, a banana plant and starts eating some bananas and then flies to a pig stall, like a pig farm. That portion of banana falls on the ground. A pig eats that banana and then that pig gets brought to a chef where the chef is prepping it raw. Then he goes to meet Gwyneth Paltrow and instead of washing his hands, he like wipes it on his shirt and then takes a picture with Gwyneth while holding hands. And then it just says, day one. And so it's, you know, Shown that the the virus transferred from bat to pig to human, and uh, that was I thought eerie, you know, kind of eerie, creepy, spooky. But did you notice that in the end, uh, that construction vehicle had a logo on it, and that logo was the name of the exact company that Gwyneth Paltrow worked for? So I was like, it's Gwyneth Paltrow's fault. I didn't see that um at all no i I saw i saw the i mean at that point my head was already fucked up oh yeah i mean yes i was like okay cool this is (laughs) like great i get to watch the origin and in my when i watch it i'm just like okay so i've learned two things one deforestation is fucking terrible correct and and two uh sorry actually i better learn no i think two things two factory farming is real bad but i guess with this one it wasn't exactly factory farming because they got to, he picked the pig out specifically and took the pig home. But like, I just was like, I didn't like, and I mean, it, it, it just was like, Hey, all the stuff that we do causes this. So maybe we should stop doing the stuff that we do. Yep. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was like spookier. Cause it's like, you know, deforestation is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, factory farming is real. I mean, Okay, so we'll let's talk more broadly. The free so it's a zoonotic virus is what it's called, uh, and it's in the movie it hops from bat to pig to human. In 1918, the Spanish flu it hopped from pig to no, it was like chicken to pig to human. And by the way, that happened in Kansas. It didn't happen in Spain. Uh, so that's where it came from. And then you know H1N1, the swine flu, it mutated in the pig and. Uh, came to humans uh, coronavirus they suspect the coronavirus w- went from a bat to like a pangolin or a snake or something and then to a human so it's uh, like when you watch this movie in 2011 or hell when you watch this movie in 2019 you're like yeah, all right but it's so <laughs> fucked because it's it's real it's happened it's happening uh i mean the reason why i wanted to uh talk like just as a brief extra credits was to watch the coronavirus explained on Netflix. It's like a half an hour with JK Simmons narrating it. And in those, it's like, yeah, we sat a bunch of experts down to talk about something else, like talk about a potential for a pandemic and 
whoops, we got all this footage now. So, <laughs> damn it, I can't believe this worked. Yeah, um, there have been so. so uh, government officials, um, a lot of them, have been very afraid of a pandemic. I, I know that um, some people in the Obama administration have said, like, we think we can handle, you know, um, crises when it comes for when it comes to, you know, other countries dealing doing this, that, and the other thing. But the thing that they were deadly afraid of, the thing that they thought would be the absolute, um, you know, killer for us, um, would be a pandemic, and it's because we don't we one don't have the um national unity to to get our shit together and like do the same thing like we people listen to the people they want to listen to so we if you're looking at any poll it shows that like you know some people believe in what the cdc says or what dr fauci says or what you know other medical experts say but there are also others that only believe what their side tells them. And sometimes their sides like don't wear masks. You don't need to wear masks is an infringement on your rights. And this isn't as this isn't any worse than the flu is. And like, um, you know, kids can't get it. So they should go to school completely um, com- ignoring the fact that adults work in schools and kids go home to adults. And yeah, like, like it's just, it's, we're looking at the <laughs> we're we're in a situation that is like one of the most horrifying and it's horrifying because like they know they knew it was coming and still were not prepared for it like all, we were all like this this country specifically not prepared for it other countries were able to like kind of you know qua- uh, so maybe maybe not if if not completely get rid of then minimize the effect but we as a whole have this very big problem with with working together and actually taking steps to combat com- sorry combat this yeah i, I mean the, you saw i don't know if you saw this picture of a school in georgia opening yep. it's just packed packed full of students and they're like teenagers so uh, and then i think someone a child in georgia did test positive yep. yep (laughs) yeah and and it's just like it's like what do you what do you expect yeah what what do you think was going to happen when you put a bunch of people in one area what what does governor ron DeSantis of florida think when he lets small areas be opened for a lot of different people what does the governor of texas think when the same thing happens like why are these like governor greg abbott sorry like why why do they think that this is just something that's going to go away they keep and and the current president of the united states donald trump when this when in the early stages of this said this is something that's going to go away the fox news network which is the most viewed network the most viewed cable news network on television kept broadcasting coronavirus is going to go away we we have 16 cases no deaths this will be gone you can find every clip you want they continue to downplay this because it's not a good look for the man in charge and that is such dangerous thinking when we're we're still trying to deal with a pandemic that kills people i i want to i want to add it wasn't just the early days that trump was saying that you're right literally literally, no literally today he said that (laughs) So he did. I it, mean, if you watch his interview with Jonathan Swan from Axios, it's just baffling yeah. that this that he he refuses to accept any sort of like 
um, take of this that isn't we're doing a great job and everything's great. So that's, that's not the mindset we can be in while we are all trying to figure out how to kill the least amount of people possible. So that's uh, hilariously just on my list of what did this, the movie get wrong about a pandemic (laughs) is just that like America in in this movie, America is like, we're going to unite. We're going to do this. We're going to be fine. We're going to, we're going to be the ones we're going to inoculate ourselves with the, the vaccine so we can speed up the process. No, America in real life is like, I'm bored with this. It's done. That's like, that's the thing. It's not, this is, it's literally, I'm bored. (laughs) I want to go outside. I will complain until my governor opens all of the bars so I can go in. (laughs) And when I say America, I mean America. Fucking South Korea did it fine. They have like live sports with crowds in South Korea. They have live sports with crowds in New Zealand. It's literally America. That's like, people keep, uh, so. America as a whole, just just bafflingly bad at this the united states of america baffling bafflingly bad at this and it it will not get better until the population decides that they are going to take their advice and um cues from experts and not just from the guy that they like another another thing i have on here on my list of things i got wrong was accountability and what i mean by that is that in the movie, Dr. Cheever tells his fiance to leave Chicago before it's locked down. And there's lines about how he, he has to go testify in front of Congress. He has to deal with all this fallout for that. And I'm thinking Kelly Loeffler, the Senator Kelly Loeffler, literally purchased stock in Zoom and sold off stocks and hospitality before the lockdown was in place. Like, when I say hospitality, I mean like hotel and right. cruise ships. It's like, there were numerous there were numerous senators that 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 um bought stock in like in like um um home med or or online med i can't remember specific like they there were numerous uh senators that did like shifty stock uh stock moves um including uh loffler uh burr and feinstein i'll throw democrats into this shit too because fucking a right they do it too um but like (laughs) <laughs> there's there's not going to be anything that comes of any of it yeah exactly and i'm just like man that's what a this movie is portraying an opportunist or uh not opportunistic um uh very hopeful yep. sort of it's an idealistic responsible there we go america yeah <laughs> where by the way the idealistic version of america has like marauders breaking into your house because yeah. they know that you're a scientist and they're trying to steal the they're trying to steal the um the the vaccine uh that they believe that you have to have because you're the scientist but like still they t- they took care of their uh they dealt with with, with corruption yep yeah I-, I will say that a portion of that is something i put down on my what does this movie get right about the pandemic? And what I mean by that is here in Philadelphia, they did trash pickup every other week instead of every week. So trash built up a lot. So when you see shots of the city with a lot of trash on the streets, yeah, that, that, that happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it so. makes sense. Do it less often, less chances for spread. That makes oh, sense. No. Oh, no, I agree. I, I was just saying as a joke, like, yep, yeah, that's something the movie no, got we right. Get it. We get it. You're calling the city, you're t- calling the streets of Philadelphia trash. I get what you're doing. I love Philadelphia, and I would never say anything like that. What are you, 
what are your lists don't no you don't get to go back to that what are your <laughs> lists uh fully for what they got wrong and what they got right uh, a lot of this stuff we already talked about um like the social distancing was something right the forsythia uh, was something right um uh what else did they get right uh i don't think i i, I think i don't think i wrote down anything else uh, I, my my what they got wrong was a lot longer anything else right everything else is pretty wrong yeah, I mean, obviously, this is a Hollywood, you know, fictional depiction of it. Uh, but they were one thing that was way wrong was like the speed of a vaccine. Like they started getting a vaccine. Like she was testing on herself like day twenty four. Like it wasn't that far into it. Whereas you know, it's as we know from real life, it's like a year, two years. You know, that's how long it takes. Well, she wasn't so. supposed to test on herself. Well, she- agreed, agreed. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> But they wouldn't. But they wouldn't go. You tested it on yourself and it worked. I guess this is it. Like they yeah. would. <laughs> yeah. The other trials. Yeah, they'd probably be like, okay, well, let's do that two thousand more times. <laughs> right, right, right. They they really kind of just like jumped from from that. And I I get it. They're like, we don't want to make you watch a boring like way to figure out if vaccines work by showing you a bunch of scientific trials. They're like. No, you you saw this work. We're gonna call it here. This is still a movie. Yeah. Did you have anything else that they got wrong? Uh, no, I, I felt like I felt like um, for the most. I mean, the the shutting down borders between states. Yeah. I didn't see a lot of that with this, though. Maybe there should have been more of that. I was I was actually wondering how how do you enforce that? I mean, obviously you can do major highways and stuff, but. They literally had like National Guard posted up on roads. It's not right. like you can have National Guard posted up on every single road that drives over a state exactly. border. Exactly. Like that's that was the thing I thought. Like that was the one thing that I thought was like, I don't know how you can do it. Um, and we didn't do it. Um, and what what we're dealing with right now is like literally, you know, there are so, like I mean, there are people who are being irresponsible in one state and traveling to another state so they can be more irresponsible. Yeah. And uh, really just be yeah. Hawaii. Like that's the only way to do it. Right. You be Hawaii. Like literally they people are getting on a plane. I I I, I there there are a lot there there's a lot that's going on with this. And there are a lot of things that I understand that people do and there's a lot of pe- things I understand why people like, you know. But getting on a plane is like even even to me. Even that scene that you're talking about at the very end of the movie where um Marion Cotillard is sitting in an airport. Even in that scene, they show a line for the plane, and a man drops his boarding pass, and the guy behind them is like, oh, no, I'll get it, and he picks it up. And just yeah. another thing touched yeah. by someone else. And I'm like, there's no, this isn't, like, a happy ending. Like, it's still... That's so wild. That's so wild. That And in, in a way, that's something that they got right. Something terrible could happen, and we can learn absolutely nothing from it. <laughs> yeah. We learn dick from it, right? So it's... <laughs> Zilch, zero. Uh, We'll touch all your stuff. We're dumb. Going uh, going back to the movie briefly, uh, one thing I forgot to say is I liked how there was a sense of no character necessarily being safe. Uh, I mean, specifically highlighted in Kate Winslet's character who ends up dying from the virus. Yeah. I thought so, she would be, I thought she'd be around for the whole thing, and then nope, nope. Yeah, she got not, not only dead but mass graved. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was watching with uh, Caitlin, and she says, do we have mass graves for coronavirus? And you know what the answer is? Yes, we do. 
uh, if you look up Heart Island, H-A-R-T, it is in the Bronx. It is a mass grave. They have a mass grave there right now for, for coronavirus victims or victims, um, people who passed away from coronavirus. So I, I would call them coronavirus victims. Yeah. They've been victimized by coronavirus. Okay, I give maybe I would now that I'm now that I'm hearing it. Maybe that's not an okay thing. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm literally now thinking of how to deal with that. But are, and 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 you're certain that there. And I I'm not trying to like fact check you on your pod, but like legit that some there's a mass grave there. Uh yes. Um let me. There's. No, no, look it up right now i believe you i i am i i will be looking into it on my own but like that's horrifying yep i mean uh not to continue a line of despair but here in philadelphia uh, one of my friends works in a hospital in center city uh jefferson hospital and he was telling me that they have like cold storage trucks just backed up in alleyways where they just put dead bodies because there's no well they did before when when it was, uh, there was a lot more people dying earlier on in like April. Uh, there's just dead bodies in these cold storage containers, just in alleyways because they didn't have anywhere else to put them. So it's like, yep, it's happening. It's not to be more disparaging, but it's, if we're going to do that, if we're going to talk about that, can we just real quick, um, the, the trying to figure out the funeral arrangements, um, that was rough when, when, yes, that was that was difficult when Matt Damon's trying to figure out the funeral arrangements for Gwyneth Paltrow and her son. Um, that was that was tough to like, it, and it just it's it's like a stark like it's this stark realism of like like good luck doing this at this moment. Like this is a real shitty time to try to to try to do that. You're already dealing with this trauma, and now you have to deal with the other trauma of you know, burying a loved one. It's fucking, it's, yeah, it, none, of the, the, none of the coroners or funeral home would take, take the bodies. Right. They weren't, they, they wouldn't, they were not, they refused because of, uh, yeah, it's, oh, it's terrible, man. This was a big yeah. movie. I'm going to kind of give one, one final thing before we start wrapping up. And I will say that the MEV one virus in this movie, it's obviously fictional. Uh, and you know, COVID-19 that's, What's happening now the coronavirus like that's obviously the parallel uh but uh, experts kind of put covid as sort of like a less contagious and less deadly than the 1918 h1n1 virus swine flu uh, i'm sorry the spanish flu they put it sort of on the lower end of deadliness and contagiousness uh this movie is ob- the fictionalized virus here is obviously super deadly super contagious so there's not it's not a one-to-one parallel uh and that's for just anybody watching when if they watch the movie and they get stressed uh just kind of keep in mind it's not a one-to-one parallel um now that being said anti-maskers are dumb wear your fucking mask it's not an excuse to not wear your mask do that oh shit fires shots fire yeah i mean uh, (laughs) wear your mask wash your hands you know don't be stupid uh one of my friends and uh I should say I don't view this person specifically as stupid, but he went to a gym and he got caught. He got coronavirus, which he's recovered now, thankfully. But like, man, it's just uh, unnecessary risks. Um, and I, I, I don't know your friend. I won't say anything rude except don't go to the fucking gym. Yeah, yeah. It's 
Like, I, I think it's just an unnecessary res- r- risk right now. Um, I, I, will admit, I will admit this. Um, so uh, I'll tell the story on this pod. I didn't tell it on my pod. I made a joke about having ants in my home. Yeah, so so uh the weekend of my birthday i was i was uh 17th of, of july um uh the weekend of my birthday i wanted to have some friends over right and i i updated friends like you know weekly or whatever about you know if the party was going to happen based on the uptick in cases and blah, blah 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 i'm like i'm like i'm just trying to i'm trying to make sure everyone's feeling safe and we're all good and and, and you know if you if you feel sick do not come if you feel like i'm not going to be uh you know i'm not going to be insulted blah 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 and then we we get to the day, and two of my friends who arrived early, uh, one of them got a text saying, my mother, who I live with, but I'm not, like, super around very often because we're all doing our own thing, um, my mother, who I live with, uh, tested positive for – sorry, no, my mother, who I live with, has a friend who she hung out with uh, who tested positive for COVID. Um, they social distance, they blah, 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 and I'm just like – motherfucker and then no one else could come no one else could come um i literally i let everybody know but i'm like your choice and they're like i don't want to it's not a good you know it's not good to risk it and it was i mean it made sense to not risk that don't take that risk like i it is something that like i love my friends to death and i love seeing them but at the same time it's like don't take an unnecessary risk you i had to get a covid test and it was hell and i hated it but I didn't have it like but it's and some people are like that's that's out of an abundance of caution that's correct it is out of an abundance of caution like i knew it was very unlikely that that i contracted anything but i still have to you know make sure that it's known so that i can you know if if there's for some reason i have to go do anything i i i can make sure can you know do it safely like i i didn't i didn't see anybody for that two weeks i didn't even i didn't even go out like I didn't go through a drive-through and I'm, I'm someone who was like high risk. So if I had it, I'd know I'd have it because it would like wreak havoc on my entire body. Um, but like I didn't. And I'm like, I still don't know until I get like a, until I get a negative test in the, in the, you know, and the period's over. I, I'm not go. I'm not even going through a drive-thru. I'm just going to sit in my house and wait until I get that test. So that sucked. But um, like, the moral of the story is don't take unnecessary risks be safe wear your mask wherever you go even if you're getting something from the drive-thru wear a mask when they hand you the stuff and you get this just be safe yeah like be safe i would like to see all of you alive so you can continue to listen to my podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly so listen to alcoholics uh not that they need any more listeners listen to mine 20 times and then there's once yeah, <laughs> just, just once on my end. Yeah, but like, you know. <laughs> no, I, I, and I, I, I hope, uh, I hope that people watch this movie so they can kind of see like the worst end, right? Because yeah, this what we're living through. Let's be clear, could get a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so it's it's good to know like we're not at the very very incredible low that we could be, but like watch that, like figure out where we could be. It could yeah. be real bad. So to wrap up, um, now let's, I want to ask you to try to think of it as a movie. Yeah. Just a standalone movie. And then maybe kind of think of it with, with context. So as a movie, where would you kind of rate this on a scale of 10? And did you have any thoughts about it as a film? 
Oh, okay. Um, so this is the final thought segment. I, I love this segment because I always throw something in I forgot to mention earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what these so, are for. Final thoughts segment. Um, number one, the 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 snow angels was weird. <laughs> that was a weird moment. Yeah. Where the guy's like, let me let this this kid's like, let me get on top of Matt Damon's kid and give her a kiss. And Matt Damon shows up with a gun, like, get the fuck, go home, dude. <laughs> yeah. And then and then yeah. Matt Damon's like, you know what? I feel bad. Let me after everyone's vaccinated, give give a uh two person prom night. Uh, at my home for this kid <laughs> i'm like okay um i thought that was weird i think that the movie itself was a good movie again i don't think it was great i don't think it was bad i think it was a good movie it was an enjoyable movie enjoyable movie i'd say 6.5 when you factor in the fact that we're dealing with this now um and this i by that i mean COVID 19 and um <laughs> you know uh i i relay it back to that there are two schools of thought. One is, well, I guess things could be worse. And the other is, God damn it, I hate this. So <laughs> I'm going to go with a four on that front. I'll just yeah. head my bets and go with a four. Yep. Yeah. So I, I actually gave the same, same numbers. First, <laughs> the six and a half out of 10. You know, like I said, I, I liked uh, a, a lot of how this movie was presented. I liked that it there, there didn't feel like there was a lull in the film it was very like quick high-paced uh and, and i just like I, i've talked about this six times now but the way things are shot to make it look like linger on items that people have touched just made it feel a lot creepier and that's good benefits i liked it like the score 6.5 out of 10 you know good movie watch it now with context it's like <laughs> i'm spooked like this is this sucks everything is pain i don't want to be reminded you know, three and a half out of 10, like this, <laughs> this is not, I, I don't enjoy this. <laughs> so, you know, that's pretty much, that's pretty much that. Uh, I don't think I have any, any other final thoughts. You know, Jude Law was fantastic. Uh, I think Jude Law was the best. Matt Damon left a lot to be desired. Um, and Marion Cotillard did nothing. So that's final thoughts on actors. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Is there anything you've been watching, uh, playing, doing lately that uh, you want to talk about to end on a positive note? I've been watching a lot of Unraveled videos um, from Polygon. It stars um, Brian David Gilbert, who mm. is a video editor for Polygon and an incredibly funny man. Um, and most recently, I not the most recently, but very recently, I watched um, his uh, attempt to create the perfect poke rap um and oh wow it is absolutely bonkers and wonderful and i suggest people watch it i also really quickly want to um since i'm doing this i want to just real quick plug another thing that i'm watching which is um a crown of candy it is a dimension 20 uh college humor does a series called dimension 20 where they play dungeons and dragons but they play a different like you know one-off like they make they make their world and there's one called uh um, a crown of candy which is similar to game of thrones but everybody is like you know like a candy uh, or you know some sort of food and it is absolutely it's funny it's sad it's tragic um i have felt literal emotions for characters mm. um so i would suggest watching that as well nice uh i'm going to say two things two and a half things i've mentioned 
First, I've mentioned this on the pod a bunch of times, but I'm finishing up True Blood, and I've gotten to the point where it's bad, so that's fun. Uh, it, it's like I'm entertained by it, but like only in ways because it's like a car crash kind of watching yeah. it go, what is happening? Like, um, oh, good, this vampire porn turned out to not be as enjoyable as I thought it was. Yeah, it started off with like, oh man, Anna Paquin has a crush on a vampire, to like that vampire becoming literal Jesus, like vampire Jesus. And it has like telekinetic powers and can do weird shit. And it's funny. Like you're thinking to yourself, what the hell? And that's exactly what I think every time I watch it. <laughs> um, I will say I've been watching season two of Umbrella Academy. It's a fun, you know, kind of Netflix superhero-ish show. That's pretty wacky and tongue-in-cheek. I like it. And this one finally, because I don't know if we've had the opportunity to uh, speak on the record uh, about this one. But I've been a Hamilton hater for as long as Hamilton's been out. Hang on. Let me stop you right there real quick. Just so everybody knows, he's going to do an episode on Hamilton. He's going to do it. He (laughs) promised me. He didn't. I'm just lying now. But he's going to do one. Go ahead. Well, listen. I've been a Hamilton hater since when it came out. Only because you would just sing it constantly and I would get annoyed by it. And then I finally, because it came out on Disney Plus, I watched it. And I, you know, there's many times I get the music stuck in my head. I just think, think, look around, look around. I'm like, God damn it, why? <laughs> it's good. It's good. I enjoyed it. So, you know, Hamilton, if you're like me, just do it. Just watch it. It's good. And that's that, I think. So, all right. I, uh, Tarina, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, you're always welcome on your episodes are always the highest rated. So you should come on more frequently. Thank you for having me. I very much enjoy doing this and I, it's, it's a pleasure and an honor and so much fun. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to sign off now. Uh, au revoir, everybody.